The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. Your host is Bernard E. Robinson. Bernard and his guests foster in-depth discussions about leadership. You'll find this program a powerfully engaging platform for great conversations about leadership and leadership learning. Now, here is your host, Bernard Robinson. Good morning and welcome to the Leadership Forum. I'm your host, Bernard Robinson, and thank you for joining me this morning. Today's show, Spotlight on Corporate Leaders and Leadership, allows us the opportunity to tap into the thinking, the perspectives, and the practices of accomplished leaders as a source of learning and learning more about leadership and how it is lived out and practiced in the real time by successful and effective leaders. Now, the premise is simple, but the, the impact is great that you get a chance to gain valuable insights and information by being able to listen to and, 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 and consider the kinds of insights that leaders who are on the line doing the work that they do every day. I'm excited about our discussion today because my, my guest is a leader of a major financial services firm in America. Uh, I hope that you enjoy our conversation because I know that it will be valuable to me and to you. Today's spotlight is on Mr. Rick Edelman, who is the founder and executive chairman of Edelman Financial Services. Rick is widely regarded as one of the top advisors in the field of financial planning in America, and he has been ranked the nation's number one independent financial advisor three times by Barron's, named among the country's top wealth advisors by Forbes magazine in 2016. He's also an award-winning radio and television personality and author of nine books, many of which have been, have been at some time ranked as number one on the New York Times best-selling list. In fact, his ninth book, recently released, is entitled The Truth About Your Future. It was published in March and is an instant New York Times bestseller. Rick is an inductee to the Financial Advisor Hall of Fame, sponsored by Research Magazine, a distinguished lecturer at Rowan University, a resident expert for Dr. Oz, and a member of the editorial board of the Journal of Personal Finance. Rick, welcome to the Leadership Forum. It's really a pleasure to have you join me and our listening audience today. Well, thank you so very much. I'm really glad to be with you. Absolutely. We thank you. Now, Rick, you've been working hard and building a great company. While each of us are listening today would be well served to have you talk about personal finance, our focus over the next few minutes, the next hour really, is on leadership. It's our desire and my intent for each listener to gain some useful insights and advice about leadership that you can use, or that they can use, I should say, to shape the way they approach and the views they have about what I call the art of leadership. To give us a sense of uh, where we're going and moving forward to help our listeners get a sense of what we want to do, again, just to capture it for them so they can begin to think and take notes, I want to get from you, Rick, the, the kinds of philosophies, the principles, the practices 
the values and the kinds of vision that you have gained and have perhaps uh, mastered, if you will, as a leader. Uh, to get us started, please tell us any additional information you'd like to share about yourself. And I guess after that, I'd really want to ask you a, a very important question. What made you do it? Uh, what made you begin this company? But tell us anything that I've missed in the intro and to share with our listeners anything else about yourself that you'd like us to know. Well, I appreciate that introduction very much. Um, uh, my background is a bit unusual. Um, although I'm in the financial services industry and, and now ranked as one of the uh, leading financial planners in the country, having been doing this for over 30 years, I never went to business school, uh, never took a business class in college. I was a communications major and graduated with a degree in journalism and advertising and public relations. And I was a writer uh, upon graduating college, and I was writing uh, in first in the medical field, and then my publisher owned some financial magazines, and so I started writing in the financial field, and that was my introduction to the world of money. And around the same time, my wife and I were newly married, and as a young couple, we had the aspirations that every young couple has. We wanted to And my writing in the financial field made me realize we needed to get some advice uh, because we didn't know anything about money, you know, like the vast majority of college grads, you know, didn't know anything about personal finance. So uh, we went and hired a financial planner with the specific question, help us buy a home. Mm-hmm. And... It turns out that he was a crook. He uh, gave us illegal advice. He told us to uh, lie on our mortgage application in uh, order to qualify for the loan. And it really made us mad um, that this guy could be a financial advisor, supposedly in business, to helping people get wealthy and basically telling them to lie, cheat, and steal to do it. And we decided, you know what, we're going to learn how to do this on our own. We're going to develop the knowledge and education ourselves, and then we're going to help other people by sharing with them the knowledge we've learned that they wouldn't be subject to having to go to guys like that. And that was the impetus. It, you know, we just had a very unhappy experience. It made us angry, and we decided to take action ourselves. And so I quit my job as a writer, and I joined a small brokerage firm. Uh, Jean, went. Uh, she quit her job and went to work at Payne Weber in their back office. And our attitude was, Jean will learn the back part of the business, operations and such, and I'll handle the front end dealing with clients and advice, and one day we'll get to form our own company. Good deal. And we did that about a year later, year and a half later. Terrific. Uh, And that was in 1987. Okay. Well, man, you've really uh, given a great snapshot and and had a real great strategy, quite frankly. You learned the business from both back to front, And, and it's interesting, as you say, that you really took a bad experience and turn it into good for a lot of people who are your clients at this point. Uh, And so that sounds like a very savvy move, and I'm so happy that uh, people got a sense of you don't necessarily, one, have to go to uh, the legitimate school, if you will, but you do have to study and you have to have a commitment to learn, and you do have to have a passion, which sounds like you and your wife had, for doing this in the right way and not really taking, if you will, bad advice, but translating that bad advice into uh, a terrific uh, motivation. And the vision that you had, uh, that motivation and that vision to start this, how did you begin to frame that vision of Gene and uh, here's what we're going to do? Uh, beyond the what you've already said, is there any other motivation that's really struck 
that passion and beyond your own experience? Anything else? Well, we'd had a variety of negative experiences working for other people. Um, right. Just really bad work environments. Jean was assaulted at one job that she was wow. at. Uh, we had really oppressive bosses at a variety of, of jobs. There were, you know, politicking. There was uh, harassment. There was ego. There was all mm-hmm. kinds of negative stuff. And we realized that, you know, if we're going to spend eight or ten hours a day wow. somewhere, uh, it would be a whole lot more fun to be in an environment that was healthy and safe and productive uh, where people could uh, express themselves and, and demonstrate their capabilities. And so we were committed to building that kind of, a, of an environment. Uh, and we realized it would be a whole lot more fun doing it together. I mean, we got married because we love each other, and yet we found ourselves spending 10 hours a day with other people, not each other. And so we just realized that by creating our own company and working together, we get to spend all the time together. And to us, it just seemed to make an awful lot of sense, and that was uh, the approach we decided to take. Good deal. And, and that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful uh, not only story, but a wonderful example of really putting um, great values together. I guess, if you will, most of us spend probably, uh, most of the clients I know spend more than eight to ten hours a day and, and really hustle. And you do miss that, that, that mate. So it's wonderful that you were able to combine that. Now, you know, when you think about your work and, 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 and one of the questions I had in my mind was, and maybe we'll, we'll hold that a little bit, but I'll mention it now in that I'm really curious as to whether that vision you had uh, to create this healthy, safe, productive environment and to essentially sit, spend the time working, if what you have now reflects what you uh, thought about and, and really is compatible with where you started and what you would want to see, what you saw and desire to do then, if it's any... any uh, if it has any compatibility with what you're doing now, but let me hold that a little bit, uh, uh, unless you want to jump in. But let me hold that because I want to. I want to get into what I kind of call pivotal informations and, and 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 that kind of those points that really drove you, which you've begun to kind of open for us. I'm aware, if you will, by looking and reading a little bit ahead of time, that you currently have about 157 financial planners and 43 offices coast to coast. And you're managing over uh, nearly $19 billion worth of funds for 33,000 individuals and families. And like most businesses, there are pivotal events that occur in, in the growth, and they kind of shape the success and the growth of the business. I'm curious about uh, what were some of those critical or uh, pivotal, pivotal uh, and important events that uh, you had to master and manage along the way? Well, it really is just a daily uh, effort. Um, there's no real epiphany that, that occurs. Mm-hmm. It's it's just hard work day in and day out. We work seven days a week. Did that forever. Uh, I remember it was 10 years before we ever took a vacation um, okay. because the business is all what we recognize is that, on the one hand, it's really important to provide financial advice that is in the client's best interest, that is effective and enabling them to achieve their goals. That's important. But right. it's equally important that we operate a business in an effective way to be able to stay in business to continue providing that advice and service to our clients. Mm-hmm. So we devoted as much energy and effort to operating an effective business 
as we did to providing our clients with the very best advice that we could possibly provide. And I'd like to think that we delivered on that. Um, Several times we were named one of the best places to work uh, by a variety of different publications, uh, and our staff turnover is very, very low. Our financial planners, uh, over the last 30 years, we have never had a financial planner leave our firm voluntarily to go join another firm. That's unheard of in our industry. Um, And I think it reflects the fact that we create um, a very fun, rewarding, uh, safe environment, uh, respectful environment for our employees, and they realize that it's a great environment, great place to work, and they don't want to go anywhere else. Well, you know, and it sounds like that's very consistent with where you started with with the notion of having a healthy, safe, and productive environment. Again, it also says that you looked at what you had before, which was not the kind of environment that you wanted to work in, and made sure that you didn't duplicate that by creating a kind of environment that's that's very different. What philosophies, if you will, have you developed that, that kind of drive? You're, you're kind of talking about them even now, but were there any particular, is there a philosophy about leadership that you gained as you've gone through? It's, it, it's, it's interesting because last week, I think it was, I talked about the 11 characteristics that are needed in order for a work environment to be uh, a really healthy environment where folks really are engaged. But what philosophies about leadership have you have you begun to just make your own as, as time has gone on? Well, I think one key element is objectivity. Um, mm-hmm. We all have a passion. We all have a point of view. But sometimes uh, people allow that to color their decision-making mm-hmm. in unhealthy ways. Right. And I, I recognized very early on that uh, I might not be the smartest person in the room, mm-hmm. uh, that the experiences and observations of others can mm-hmm. be very effective. And so uh, from the very beginning, I learned to ask questions, okay. to be very observant, and to solicit input from uh, a wide variety of people, not just employees, uh, but also clients, mm-hmm. also uh, members of the media, uh, other uh, experts in the field, uh, and use all of that information in order to arrive at the best possible conclusion or decision. But at the end of the day, recognizing that I cannot be swayed by others, if I Mm -hmm. know in my gut that there's a specific decision that needs to be made or a course of action that needs to be taken, to have the wherewithal to move forward even in the face of opposition from others. Um, And so a leader has to be willing to consider other points of view and absorb that in the development of their own decision-making. Cool, and and, and um, there are two things, Rick, that, that that point that come out to me when you when you're sharing that. One is the the quote from uh, Jack Welch. I think it goes something like, "If I'm the smartest person in the room, then we've got a problem." Uh, and so the whole notion of having people around you who can, in fact, provide all the data that, that's available, to provide all the information available, but at the end of the day, you own the decision-making process. I, I want to get you, we've got a couple minutes before we go to the break, but I want you to think about this question. How would you des- describe yourself as a leader? That's a such a broad question, but I'm curious about how you have seen yourself grow and how you would describe yourself as a leader. So that would be one of the questions that it's kind of, an interest to me and I hope will be of interest to uh, those who are listening as well. 
Well, there are probably others who could be answer that question more effectively than me, I think. Um, but I, I, I would like to think that I have empathy mm-hmm. and compassion for others. That right. you know, this is I'm not in the medical field. I'm not dealing with life and death. I'm not in the military where I'm determining the fate of nations. And so mm-hmm. that gives me some ability to step back and say, you know what? Um, the individual matters as much as the group. Uh, I don't think a military uh, general can say that on a battlefield necessarily, uh, but I think I can in our business. And, uh, and we need to recognize that we're affecting people's lives with the decisions that we make, both our clients as well as our employees. And right. we need to take that into very serious consideration so that we aren't forgetting the human factor. There's more to life than money. As my wife likes to say, personal yeah. finance is more personal than finance. Uh, and it's important that we re- retain the humanity in the decisions and actions we undertake. Good deal. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break uh, and we will come back after that break. So stay, stay tuned, everyone. We've got much more coming. Thanks so much, Rick, for, for being with me. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Great leadership learning begins with great leadership training. Unfortunately, the leadership learning solutions that many companies use don't realize that retaining talent, managing complexity, and leading change depends on the skill of leaders who are able to effectively coach, develop, and inspire increasingly multi-generational, tech-savvy, and globally dispersed teams. The Institute has the experience, expertise, programs, talents, and skills to help you and your organization build the capacity of your leaders to lead well. If you are looking for expert leadership training, coaching, and other training services, and for additional information about who we are and our programs and services, please contact Bernard E. Robinson via email at brobinson at ihdinc.org or call him directly at 301-292-7088. You can also visit our websites at sel2f.com or ihdinc.org. We have a 30-year reputation of helping our clients achieve performance excellence and helping employees and leaders turn knowledge into performance. And we guarantee our products and services. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online. Television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Leadership Forum. 
making an impact through effective leadership. To reach host Bernard E. Robinson or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you would rather send an email, you may send it to leadershipforum at ihdinc.org. Now, back to the Leadership Forum. Thank you so much for returning uh, for the Leadership Forum. My guest today is Rick Edelman. He's the chairman and executive, he's the founder and executive chairman of Rick Edelman Financial Services. And he's our guest today and we're talking about leadership. As we continue our discussion, Rick, I'm curious about your role and how it has changed. And and I think one of the things that would be uh, very, uh, very helpful is to get you to share a bit about how you believe your role has changed in moving from CEO, if you will, to executive chairman, you're still working hard every day, obviously, but how has it changed? Well, I'm out of the day-to-day now. Uh, I, you know, as CEO for the forever in our, in our firm, I was involved in running the business day-to-day, and um, I had a lot of different hats. Uh, in addition to doing all of our financial education activities, uh, I was... Um, dealing with my executive team on a daily basis, plus dealing with clients. Uh, and right. uh, when you're doing three full-time jobs, it's hard to do them all as well as they need to be done. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I brought in uh, a little over a year ago a, uh, a somebody else to replace me as CEO. Uh, and um, he is now taking over all of the daily activities of the firm, relieving me of that obligation uh, and uh, allowing me to stay focused on uh, financial education helping uh, Americans improve their knowledge about personal finance so they can improve their financial security. So you've really taken that on as much more uh, fertile and, and, and important role as a part of the company's work uh, for its clients and for for the nation that hears them and educators. And I certainly think uh, you've done a terrific job. You've got nine books out, and all of them are informative. And in fact, including the one that I have in front of me, uh, which I want to talk about later, uh, The Other Side of Money. But if you will, staying with this idea of your role, uh, as a leader, uh, your role has changed a little bit. And I guess the, the idea I had here was, what is it that is the most significant thing that you do and the most significant thing you've learned in this new transition? I guess the idea is leaders always or at least I believe should be, always learning. And, and uh, I also think that leaders should always be reading as well as learning. But I guess the question, to make it simplistic, is what are you learning and what are you beginning to know about your 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 craft as a leader? Is there anything different than, than you've learned before that come with this new, this new impetus for as, as the executive chairman? Well, the key is to develop an organization that can survive without you. Uh, if it is fully dependent on you, uh, then there's a problem there. So uh, it's important to build an organization that has the infrastructure, the financial stability, and the um, executive capacity to carry on uh, without you personally. And if you have uh, invoked effective leadership, then that's what you've built. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Good deal. You mentioned earlier in our discussion, Rick, the whole notion of decision making. 
Uh, I have a book that I've written, I don't know if I've even shared it, called The Skills of an Effective Leader, Becoming a Leader Others Want to Follow. And in one of the chapters I have, it's, uh, it's chapter seven, I believe, it's called The Lifeblood of Good Leaders is Shaped by Their Decisions. Uh, one of the critical parts of every leader's life and, and the companies that they manage and lead are the decisions that they make. In, in in what ways has your work as a leader of Element of Financial Services influenced the way you make decisions? Uh, I guess decision-making is decision-making, but I'm trying to dig at what is it that you've learned that's kind of shaped and influenced the way you make decisions. You kind of talked about it earlier in terms of listening to everyone, but at the end of the day, uh, is there anything else you'd add to that notion of the whole process of making decisions, which I think are critical? Well, I've learned to share more information with my team. Uh, Knowledge is power, and many Mm -hmm. people are reluctant to uh, share information because they have a fear that if you know what I know, I am not as powerful as I was. And I've learned that by denying my team the information, they aren't as able to provide me effective advice, or they're not as able to do their job as effectively. So I've learned over the years the importance of slowing down Mm -hmm. and stopping to take the time to give them the information they need so that they can be most effective at their jobs. Uh, I never withheld information out of a power uh, uh, play. I withheld information simply because I regarded it as taking too much time to bother Mm -hmm. telling them everything that I knew or everything that was going on. And I've learned that you can actually go faster by going a little slower, by moving more slowly to make sure that the team is with you is knowledgeable and informed and they understand the background, they understand the issues, they understand the dynamics, they can be much more effective. So you actually end up going faster by going a little slower. Good deal. You know, one of the questions, one of the thoughts I have, and I talk about it in in terms of uh, a bit of leadership coaching that I do, and that is, is you go through the process of leading folk, often you find out things about yourself. Now, this is not a tell-all, but I'm just curious, what kinds of things have you learned about yourself and your growth as a person as a consequence of the leadership process that you've had to uh, to, to take on as uh, the leader of Edelman Financial Services? I guess I'm thinking, have you? how did you grow? The whole notion of sharing, for example, is there anything else you'd share about how you've grown as a person uh, as you've gone through the process of leading, uh, leading uh, Edelman Financial Services? Well, if you're an effective leader, you discover that the more successful you become, and and I've become probably the most successful financial advisor in the nation. Uh, You you mentioned many of the accolades at the top of the show uh, that I've earned, uh, that if you're a really effective leader, the more successful you become, the more you realize it's not all due to you, Uh, the more humble you become rather than Mm -hmm. the more arrogant, that Mm -hmm. my success is really a result of the tremendous team that I've built and their dedication and hard work uh, that has enabled us to achieve the successes that we've had and uh, and the importance of recognizing that it is a team effort uh, and that they deserve to share in the recognition and the rewards that come along with the firm's uh, achievements. Good deal, good deal. I, you know, when you say that, Rick, I had a thought, and it's not just a thought, it really was a, a, a query because many years ago, and I can't remember how long ago now, you took your whole staff if I'm not mistaken, and their families to Disney World. That was a decision. We've done that twice. 
You did it twice. Yeah, we, well, on our 10th anniversary, we took uh, the entire company and their families to Disney World for four days. Uh, at the time, uh, we ended up about 150 people that we took. And right. then for our 25th anniversary, 15 years later, we did okay. it again. Uh, this time, there were not 150 of us. There were 1,500 of us that wow, we took to wow. Disney for four days. Um, well, so we, we believe very much in, in uh, rewarding our employees for our achievements. Good deal. Well, you know, that, I, when I saw that, I, that was so impressive. And, and it was impressive because it was not only was it magnanimous, it was just so unfathomable in terms of what you see companies do. And I guess, if you will, it speaks volumes to your staff about how you feel about them. And, and it's no, no, no doubt. I, I have this statement I often say. It builds a relationship, and I often say relationships are everything. All else is details. And so you, you couldn't, that whole idea of taking a whole group, and I didn't remember the 25th, but that is something that uh, is just phenomenal. And, and I, the question that I had, which you already answered, was what was it that made you make that decision? And, and I'd love to ask you, uh, beside the fact of celebrating your success, what else was there that made you make that decision? Well, we just wanted to celebrate our milestone in a big way, and there's no way we could have achieved that uh, milestone of a 10th anniversary or a 25th anniversary without the dedicated support and uh, hard work of our employees and our financial planners. And so uh, we just felt that it was an appropriate way to say thank you. Good deal. Uh, it's absolutely uh, wonderful. I, and I can't wait to see what happens at the 40th. Uh, we, we'll have to go we, <laughs> have to, <laughs> and find another place to go. But this is terrific. I want to talk about Jean Edelman's role. You mentioned it and, and influence. You mentioned very early that you and she started this together, and, and that's been a wonderful story to see unfold. Uh, and, and as you started the company together, and, and she's been walking this path along with you, for a while now, uh, and in fact, as I mentioned earlier, she's written a book, The Other Side of Money, that speaks to living a more balanced life, uh, and I also know that she's a regular contributor to your newsletter under the same title. How has her involvement in your life and your business uh, shaped the way you think about life and business? Now, Rick, just before you answer that, let me just say, my wife and I, we've been married 48 years, <laughs> and she has shaped my life <laughs> in, in all good in a number of good ways, but my wife is my wife and I love her and she, she helps me kind of keep my focus, if you will. But how has uh, Jean's involvement in your life and your business shaped the way you think about life and business? Well, Jean is the heart and soul of the business. If I'm the brain, she's the heart and soul. Uh, and the yin to my yang. Uh, Jean provides the culture of the organization, the, the pure humanity, um, the, um, the commitment to each individual human we encounter, whether they're on our staff or among our clients or among the many consumers we reach through our financial education activities on radio and TV and books and seminars and newsletters. And uh, Jean, it was Jean and me from the beginning. Uh, working side by side, and it has always been that way. Uh, and um, I, I'm pretty sure that the success our firm has enjoyed would not have happened without uh, Gene's integral involvement uh, since its founding. Good deal. Has she helped you grow as a leader? 
Uh, I think so. I think Gene provides a, a very important level of balance for me and a, and a terribly important sounding board for me um, and, uh, and incredibly supportive. There's, there's no one, uh, I can't imagine anyone being more supportive of another person than Gene has been of me. Okay, cool. There's a question I think I want to pass by because I think you've answered well, and I just will mention it. And if we if we've passed enough of it, we will. But I was very curious as we had our discussion today about the set of values or principles that shape the way you think and operate as leader. But you've been really kind of transparent in sharing that. So I don't know if there's anything else added to that. But but I want to just lay that out there. If there's anything else you want to add to that, that would be fine. But you really kind of transparently shared that as we've gone along. Yeah, there's, uh, we're pretty much of an open book. There's, um, there's not a lot of complexity to leadership. Uh, it should be pretty obvious to everybody what's going on. Okay. Well, you know, I want to dip into this whole notion of vision. You know, there's a, there's a statement by a guy named Theodore Hesburgh. He used to be the president of Notre Dame, if I'm not mistaken. And he said the very essence of leadership is that you have to have a vision and the vision forward. So, Without giving away any strategic element of your business's strategy, what is your vision for where Rick Edelman Financial Services goes from now into the future? More, uh, in a nutshell. Uh, meaning we, we expect that we'll be bigger. Uh, we'll right. have more advisors, more clients. We'll be managing more money. Um, mm-hmm. But what we won't be doing, I don't think, is doing different uh, we won't be adding new lines of business. We won't be engaging in activities we haven't historically done. Uh, right. What we've been doing is a model that works. It's a model that clients enjoy. It's a model that is sorely needed in American society today, the ability to provide financial education to um, mass America, Mm-hmm. Uh, the ability to provide them with advice and service uh, and recommendations that are in their best interest. Uh, we're only serving 33,000 families, as you mentioned. Um, Merrill Lynch has uh, probably millions of customers. Mm-hmm. Um, one out of four households has an account at Fidelity. We're right. only serving 33,000. So we're barely scraping the tip of the iceberg in terms of the number of people who need our help and are not able to obtain it uh, because they've never heard of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so our goal is to do more of what we're already doing, to spread the word, to let people know of our uh, availability so that they can take advantage of our services just like 33,000 families already have. Good deal. I think it's smart. Um, I, I say it's smart because there's an old, very old book that's uh, called In Search of Excellence, and it's probably old enough that folks don't really reference it as regularly. But one of the things that uh, that the author said about that is sticking to your knitting and knowing what your knitting is and the whole notion of uh, knowing what business you're in and what business you should be in. And that's that's the whole dimming philosophy, if you will. But that's a smart strategy because, without commenting on your work, the whole idea, uh, as we talk about leadership and as a bit of work that I do in the area, is understanding what got you to where you are, and if you will, making sure you keep your eye 
on on the prize for you, and it's such a um, such a lure to go in a different direction sometimes because you've been successful in one area, and if it doesn't fit and you add it on, it ends up being a distraction because one of the things that leaders know and I know is that culture is important, and you it's very difficult to marry a culture that's not yours and the kind of business culture, business focus onto yours. So I, I applaud you to to keep your eye on what it is that services people services people well. One of the things that uh, I want to get us to talk about before or after we come off the break, because we've got about 30 seconds before the break, is the whole idea of uh, principles. And you've been laying out a number of them. And so I want to capture a few more of those principles as we go along. And they will, they will, they will. There are a couple of other questions as well, including the one I asked earlier that I almost forgot to put back into our conversation. So, if you will, uh, once you, once we take our break, folks, stay tuned and come right back. There's much, much more, and you don't want to miss it. Thanks so much. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Great leadership learning begins with great leadership training. Unfortunately, the leadership learning solutions that many companies use don't realize that retaining talent, managing complexity, and leading change depends on the skill of leaders who are able to effectively coach, develop, and inspire increasingly multi-generational, tech-savvy, and globally dispersed teams. The Institute has the experience, expertise, programs, talents, and skills to help you and your organization build the capacity of your leaders to lead well. If you are looking for expert leadership training, coaching, and other training services, and for additional information about who we are and our programs and services, please contact Bernard E. Robinson via email at brobinson at ihdinc.org or call him directly at 301-292-7088. You can also visit our websites at sel2f.com or ihdinc.org. We have a 30-year reputation of helping our clients achieve performance excellence and helping employees and leaders turn knowledge into performance. And we guarantee our products and services. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. To reach host Bernard E. Robinson or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you would rather send an email, you may send it to leadershipforum at ihdinc.org. Now, back to the Leadership Forum. 
Good deal. Thanks so much for coming back and staying tuned with us. Again, our guest is Rick Edelman. He is the founder and executive chairman of Edelman Financial Services and is widely regarded as one of the top advisors in the field of financial planning. Uh, he's been ranked the uh, nation's number one independent financial advisor uh, numerous times by Barron, and he's uh, among the top 10 wealth advisors uh, in uh, in the nation, according to Forbes in 2016. So we're just so delighted that he's with us today. The one uh, one of the questions that I mentioned, or one of the statements I mentioned, Rick, uh, just before uh, we, we took a break, was the whole idea of um, principles, and you have been laying out a few of them, and I don't know um, how to, to shape this other than say that one of the things that I think uh, keeps a, a, a leader centered, I call it the center of gravity, is kind of what anchors you and what is kind of the, the, the thing that keeps you, keeps you anchored uh, and makes sure you stay centered. Even as you have the challenges that come with building a business and growing your business, as you as you obviously will do in terms of serving more clients and uh, building a greater number of clients who see Rick Edelman as their source of financial support and, and information and education. So, if you will, what are some of the principles, beliefs, foundational principles and beliefs? that drive you as a leader? I mean, it's almost like uh, there's this, this uh, scale I use that says leaders uh, come in terms of this five levels, but there's a level at the, at the top that says you, you, you're focusing on the people that you have got there to make sure that they grow. Uh, you get to the point where you are delivering so much to so many for so long that they really have grown to a place where uh, they really are committed to and loyal to the work you do. Obviously, you mentioned earlier the whole notion of the fact that you, people stay with you. Your retention rate is is great, uh, particularly in the field that you're in where folks can jump around, I guess, as they kind of choose to. So are there any principles that kind of drive you and kind of make sure you stay anchored and stay f- focused on uh, your own personal development as a, gro- as a leader and or as a person? Well, you have to remain true to yourself. You have to remain true to your objective. Um, you can't allow yourself to be swayed by external forces. Um, and uh, recognizing that, you know, if you're building a, an effective business, it should be pretty simple. You should be able to articulate your mm-hmm. vision very mm-hmm. succinctly, uh, yeah. very clearly. And if you can't, then something is, is a mess. I mean, I remember once looking at a, another company and their business plan and their mission statement was two pages long. I was like, guys, if you can't say it in two sentences, you got a problem here. Um, and and so the, the real key is to uh, remember why you did this in the first place. Don't mm-hmm. lose sight of that. Gene and I think every day about that financial advisor who uh, gave us illegal advice mm-hmm. and commit a federal crime in order to get right. a mortgage. Uh, exactly. We never forget that. Uh, it's a very strong motivator to remind us of the importance of what we do to help consumers who, if it weren't for us, would be end up being stuck with people like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned the word humility, too, and I guess I, I wanted to... I, I, I just believe that's that's such an important characteristic beyond the, the, the characteristic that almost everyone wants to see, which is honesty, but the whole notion of humility... 
how does humility play into you? And I say this only because you you have accolades and continue to have accolades, and I hope you continue to. But how does one remain humble when one is uh, is is lauded in, in 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 terms of the work they do, like like you are? Well, we don't give a, don't pay a whole lot of attention to them. Uh, I mean, it's it's very nice, it's very gratifying uh, to uh, have recognition. Um, we recognize the importance of that, and we work hard to recognize our own employees for the great work they do. Um, right. But we don't. We're not in it for that, and okay. uh, we we just try to stay focused on others rather than ourselves um, so that we don't get caught up in, in all of that hype. Uh, it is all about the sub- substance, not the hype that matters. Uh, and so we recognize that the awards and the recognition are byproducts. Um, right. That's not why we're doing it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's just a nice byproduct and an inevitable one. If you do a great job, you're going to get compliments for the job you do. And uh, the reward for its own sake, is the uh, results we're delivering for our clients and the livelihoods that we're providing to our employees. Mm-hmm. Good deal, good deal. Well, you know, I asked you a question earlier, and I want to go back to it. I don't want to miss it. Uh, how close does the picture you had, you and Gina, I guess, had uh, earlier reflect the reality of the picture you have today? And, and I'm I'm, I'm not suggesting you do that in an objective way, so it's a very subjective kind of question. But how closely does the picture that you had when you started reflect the reality of the picture you have today? And I guess it well, changes. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. The firm has succeeded to a degree far greater than we ever anticipated. When I began uh, with Gene in our venture, uh, our journey in 1986, I developed a business plan. It was two pages long. And it called for us having a profit on an annual basis of $36,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I, I figured if I could make three grand a month doing this, we'd right, be thrilled. Right. And, um, you know, today we're managing $20 billion uh, in assets for clients, uh, and we're one of the largest independent advisory firms in the nation. It never occurred to us, 100 employees and 43 offices. Um, So the business has succeeded far greater than our expectations. It never occurred to us this would happen. Uh, People often ask, how big are we going to get? And my answer has always been the same over the years, that our growth is not for our sake. We simply grow to meet client demand. Uh, When people ask for our help, we will help them. And if their demand for our help uh, exceeds our capacity, we'll increase our capacity. So we will grow to meet demand. And when demand stops, when people stop asking for our help, we'll stop growing. Um, So the the business has succeeded um, beyond our wildest dreams, but not because... Uh, of any reason other than consumers uh, need our help and are asking for our help, and we're committed to helping them. It's really that simple. Good deal. Uh, Keeping it simple, if you will. You know, uh, you mentioned work environment. Pardon me. You mentioned work environment earlier and the fact that you tried to create and you have successfully created a healthy work environment, one that's safe, one that's productive, I want to just ask you, if, if you will, because you mentioned your team as well, and this all goes to the notion of team and work environment. When you think about the Rick Edelman, Edelman Financial Services environment, work environment, if there were three, four, five factors that helped shape the 
nature of the work environment for your employees and then impact the employee's performance in the workplace, what would some of those factors be? I guess the deal is how does it feel to work around and work in and work with Element Financial Services? Well, we believe very clearly in um, giving people the mission, giving Mm -hmm. them the tools they need to achieve that mission, and then getting out of their way so that they can do it. Uh, We don't want to micromanage. We hire people for their brains and their abilities and their commitment, and uh, it's, it's really that simple. And we want to reward people for their successes. We want to... Um, help train them and, and improve them uh, for their failures. Uh, and in an environment like that, which is collegiate uh, and uh, supportive, um, we think we can help people improve in their careers and become more proficient. And an awful lot of our management team are people who have been promoted from within over the years. Uh, we have a very strong record of, uh, of helping people grow uh, in their careers, and we're very proud of that fact. Um, it's not a political environment. It's not a uh, backstabbing environment. It's not a competitive environment. It's very much of a collegial environment. And uh, we think that that's really so that everybody remains focused on what matters, which is the client. Yeah. One of the things that, uh, I mean, uh, one of the things that, that is Im- impressive about what you say and kind of consistent with the work that I do as well is the whole notion of the team having a real understanding of what the common goal is. And and even though, <coughs> excuse me, people understand that, that the definition of a team is a group of people have uh, a common goal, the idea of getting folks on that common goal is not an easy task because they have to not only understand, it has to be communicated, understand what that goal is, but they got to buy into it. And one of the things that I suspect happens with this collegial, collegial work environment, it, it, it fosters the capacity for folks to not only know the mission that you've given them, but be able to work collectively to get that mission accomplished. So uh, that, that's important. Is there any, any other factor? But those, that collegiality, the whole notion of knowing the mission, uh, those are important factors. If, if there's anything else, please please add it, because I'm going to get you to, to share for us in, in a minute uh, what you consider to be the five characteristics of leaders. Uh, and I guess I want to frame that a little bit better than I have uh, and, and get you to kind of give us your, your perspective. And that, that question simply is, uh, what are the Rick Edelman? I'm, I'm kind of wanting to coin this for you as yours and not the forums, but the, what are the Rick Edelman's five characteristics of effective leaders? <clears throat> the intent, so you'll know, is this is a traditional question I'll ask for everybody who's on the spotlight on corporate leaders and leadership. To begin to collect from the, those who uh, share this platform with me, the kinds of things that they think are important and crystallize them, if you will. So you've been both the chief CEO, you've been the, the chairman, and so given all of that, what are the kinds of characteristics, it could be more than five, I just said five, of effective leaders that you would share with our listeners? Uh, well, we've mentioned many of them so far today. I guess to you encapsulate should. them, um, objectivity uh, okay. matters a lot, compassion, uh, okay. for individuals, uh, decisiveness, uh, mm-hmm. the willingness to make hard decisions, even though not everyone will be happy with those decisions, mm-hmm. um, the importance of 
communication uh, and keeping people informed, um, giving people the tools they need, um, and then uh, letting people um, you say get develop out the way. on their own and not micromanaging yeah. them. Um, I think are, uh, uh, are all the important elements uh, of effective leadership. Dynamite, and absolutely. One of the things that is, is a sore point for many employees that I hear sometimes is that I got the skills, I got the talent, they hired me well, but then they won't let me work. So you give folks, you, it sounds like it's well, you hire well, but you give folks the opportunity to do what it is that you hired them to do. So we're coming to a place where we're going to get close to closing the show today, but I want to just talk about for our listeners and kind of summarize, picking up on where you were, Rick, and what you shared, uh, to say, so where are we? Uh, if you will, if you are a CEO or a student or a leader at, in, at another level or at any level, I hope that you found today's conversation uh, and today's show in, enlightening and encouraging. I also hope that today's show has, number one, challenged you to consider ways of improving your leadership. I also hope that it has prompted you to see specific opportunities for your learning and your growth as a leader. I also would hope that you've been encouraged to raise your commitment to being a more effective leader and finding out what it is that's involved with doing that. If you are a CEO or a CEO in the making, I hope that you will see in Rick's model some things that you can use and his philosophy as well, and or that you can use when you get there to be the CEO. I also want to remind you that if you're interested in knowing more about training programs or leadership coaching, uh, speaking services, please let me know for, for, uh, from the Leadership Forum. Uh, and if you're looking to be in touch with Rick and his company, Edelman Financial Services, uh, contact him, uh, hit him up as the younger folks would say, at uh, rickedelman.com. Uh, it's Rick, R-I-C, Edelman, E-D-E-L-M-A-N.com. His website is rickedelman.com as well. Uh, Rick's newest book, The Truth About Fu uh, Your Future.com. And uh, he can be ca captured on Twitter at, uh, at Rick Edelman, as well as on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Rick Edelman. Finally, as we begin to wind down uh, our show for today, I'd like to leave this thought with you. One of the great sources of learning for me and you can come from the examination of how you got to where you are. If I understood and wisely and understand, I should say, and wisely use the experiences that life has taught me and that life has taught us, they are part of the riches that life provides each of us. Ask yourself, what was it you did? What was given to you by others? What are you doing with what it has taught you? So, first of all, I'd like to thank uh, my guest, Rick Edelman. I, I want to thank you, Rick, uh, and, and I want to thank you on behalf of my listeners as well uh, to not only uh, encourage you to check out his book, The Truth About Your Future. Uh, its title is Truth About Your Future, but it's a book you need to read right now. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me uh, today uh, and providing uh, all of us uh, an opportunity to understand leadership from your perspective. It's been a pleasure, a great pleasure, in fact, and a very enjoyable time, and, and so I, I, I'm thankful for your being here. For our listeners, please tune in next week. Uh, our show next week is Becoming a Transformational Leader, Part 2, and answer a number of different questions. As is a constant on the Leadership Forum, I ask you to ask yourself this question. How can I apply what I've heard on today's show to become 
a more effective leader. Try to make someone's life better this week through the quality of your leadership. Uh, and also, remember, please remember the folks who are affected by uh, the different hurricanes and flooding that we've had in Texas and Louisiana and all along the seacoast of our country. Pray if you would, give if you can. I'd like to say uh, thank you again to Rick. Thank you for being a part of the Leadership Forum. Uh, I'm Bernard Robinson, and you've been a key and very important member of the Leadership Forum. I hope you have an outstanding day and an even better week. Be sure to tune in next week. We'll be looking for you. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. Be sure to join Bernard E. Robinson for another edition of the program next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We wish you an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 